Hello everybody, this is Bethany and this is the first day of the podcast. I'm here with my friend. Hi, I'm Allie. And we are starting this new podcast together. Um, We're going to put out a episode every month, once a month on a Monday. So it's going to be our Mental Health Mondays. So we're, you know, this is our first time, so we're trying to... Kind of test the waters. Yeah, ease our way into it and just test it out, see how it goes. But we came up with a bunch of things that we'd like to discuss. Um, We came up with this idea because we have a lot of um, deep conversation that always ends up being very, you know... Therapeutic. Yeah, therapeutic. And so we decided, you know, other people should be listening in on this. You know, we should just talk about this and have other people listen to what we're talking about. We have some good conversations. Yeah, we do. Okay. So, what are we going to talk about? Well, we can kind of discuss, first of all, the fact that we do have, we struggle with mental health Mm -hmm. issues on a daily basis. Yes. And that... Although we do struggle, it doesn't define who we are. Mm-hmm. Hi there, this is Bethany. Welcome to the first day of the podcast. Um, today I am here with my friend, Allie Rasp. Uh, Hi. And we are going to be doing a segment together once a month. We're going to put out one called Mental Health Mondays, where we're going to speak about mental health and self-love, body image, and all that good stuff. So, Allie, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Sure. Hi, I'm Allie. Um, Bethany and I actually met through theater. Um, We did a show at the Actors Workshop together called Bye Bye Birdie, and ironically enough, her teacher in high school was my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. <laughs> so we just kind of naturally gravitated towards each other. And that yep. show, Bye Bye Birdie, was seven and a half years ago. It was that's Feb- crazy. It was February of 2012. And we've been friends all this time. And yes. Yeah. So um, what are we going to be discussing today? Today, I think we're going to be mainly covering mental health and mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think we should start off by kind of like talking about our own personal journey with mental health and mental okay. illness. Sounds good. So. All right. Um, then I'll start. So um, I am struggling with anxiety, depression, OCD, and ADD. Um I began struggling with anxiety first, I'd say. Well, I always knew that I had ADD and OCD as a child, but that was just kind of something that I I grew up like knowing and then finally being diagnosed. But I remember discovering anxiety when I was in high school and I think theater really, really helped me and that's what that's what my main hobby always was was doing musical right. theater and it helped me because i was being somebody that i'm not on stage so i was 
taking over a character, playing a role. And that was like one of the best coping mechanisms. But then I discovered it was getting worse as I was getting older. And college made it a lot harder. Um, My depression, I noticed spiraling in like 11th and 12th grade. Um, It's it's getting better. I'm on the road right now to recovery. But um, I decided to get help for myself when I was about 21. And I see a therapist currently. And I am medicated. And so I'm doing okay right now. I'm not in a pit right now. But I have experienced those dark times throughout Right. And high school did was not easy for me, especially battling, you know, depression and anxiety. That was that was a nightmare. I mean, high school sucks for everyone, and then like yeah. especially to have to deal with mental health issues. Absolutely, it's, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, so, um, so I'm no stranger to it. It's part of my life. It's part of who I am. But on your side now, so I want you to, if you want to talk a little bit about your personal experiences right so if you were to talk to any of my family members they will tell you that since I was a very little girl like we're talking baby toddler little girl I've always struggled with anxiety and it wasn't just like oh like I'm afraid of like the dogs I'm afraid you know it was literally every Mm -hmm. single thing I was like afraid of I was afraid of flying so my we never went to Disney World we never really went anywhere I had to get on a plane because I would not get on a plane like it was just like strangely overwhelming everything was strangely overwhelming to me even as a baby and as I got older and went through puberty and all of that um, I think it just got exponentially worse. Yeah. And I started suffering with depression almost because the anxiety was so overwhelming that I didn't know how to cope with it. So I was like so I was so overwhelmed with my own self that I didn't know how to deal with it. And I was just in this black hole of emptiness and I felt so overwhelmed with emotion and just the sickness was taking over and so I wound up actually in a facility in freshman year of high school because it had just like taken over so so intensely that I I just needed help outside of what my parents could do for me and outside of what the schools could do for me. So I actually wound up being at Monmouth Medical Center. Um, I remember that in a, in a psychiatric facility, mm-hmm. and through that I gained a lot of experience. It was very terrifying, but it was also the best thing that could have happened to me because while being in there, I related to the people that were there. I um, I was able to get a break from my house and get a break from the monotony that I was living in, and it really was able to get me back on the right track. I was being medicated properly. I was talking in group sessions, and I think through that, it kind of forced me into therapy, mm-hmm. and so while being in therapy I I was working out some other things that again could have developed when I was like a baby that you don't think about like certain things that like happen as an infant that you know they always say like no matter what happens like your parents like as a parent you're always gonna screw up somehow you know and yeah like, certain things that that you're that I'm going to do to my children are gonna make them probably have some issues but like it's just a cycle like it like no matter how hard you try 
no one's ever going to be perfect in that regard. Right. And so I think certain things that may have happened as a child, as an infant, may have caused me to develop a different way than most people. And that's fine. Like, that's okay. And I think through struggling with this illness that I have, anxiety, depression, um, it has definitely made me overall a better person because I'm more patient with others. I'm patient with myself. And I just, I've, I'm discovering my own personal like love for myself and it's difficult, but we're getting mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. And I think just by, by dealing with this and having to deal with this, it has made me a better person overall. Right. I have a question for you now. You mentioned yes. that you were afraid of a lot of things as a kid. Um, have you been on a plane since? Like, have you ever been on a plane? I've never been on a plane. Wow. Okay. Funny that you mentioned that because not to go off topic but jack my boyfriend was really afraid of going on a plane and then he'd been on one and i think that's what scared him because you know he had like the bad ear popping and stuff and then we went to disney last year i got him on the plane and now he's like not afraid of it anymore but you know it's gradual you can't like force yourself into doing things you know just because you're like oh i need to overcome this now it's okay you have to accept the fact that you know sometimes you're not comfortable doing things and that's completely okay and yeah. honestly, like, I think recently, I mean, I just haven't had the opportunity to be on a plane. Like, I just haven't had anywhere to really go or to travel mm-hmm. on a plane. So I haven't really had the opportunity to face that fear. However, one another thing that all throughout my life growing up, I can't do roller coasters. If I'm on a car ride, I can't do, like, hills, like, you know, hills in the yeah. road. Like, forget it. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. And and that's something specifically, this is, it's like a small step, but specifically the hills in the road that I am, I've kind of conquered. That is something that, like, I know, I know that that's an anxiety thing and that it's not a real fear that it's 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 something that I can overcome. There are certain things that I can do. Like I, I can, it's almost like I can position my body into different ways so that I don't get that anxious feeling inside my body going up and down the hills. Like sometimes it sounds so stupid. This no, really I find that really interesting because everybody yeah. everybody deals with it a different way. Yeah, and like for example, when I go on like hills. I don't know what it is, but it's when I stick my tongue to the roof of my mouth, it makes me not anxious. I don't know what it is. So strange, so weird. And it's usually when when I'm driving that I'm fine being on hills. If I'm driving with someone else, like, forget it. Like, I need, it's almost like a control thing. Like, I need to have control over the situation. Yeah, that's, it's so interesting. That's really interesting. But, and I think that's a lot of what anxiety is. Is a lot of it is control, like and needing. That oh, a hundred percent! It's fear of not being in control of a situation. That's what it right. really is. Um, my anxiety is really different, so it's really it's fascinating to me to hear how somebody else deals with it, be- or how theirs affects them. Because personally, I'm not afraid of anything. Um, I'm afraid of spiders. I will. I, that's a fear. That's not an anxiety thing. That's a fear. I'm only afraid of spiders. Other bugs are fine. I'm not afraid of... I do roller coasters. I do... I'll do anything, honestly. I will. I walked acl- across... Right. A, I walked across a glass floor in Japan. Like, I'm not really afraid of heights, nothing. But my anxiety... Right. My anxiety is social. I'm really afraid of social situations. Like, 
you know, I went to a college party once and it's not like I wanted to go to it. My friend wanted to go. It was her birthday, her 21st birthday. And I said I was going to go to take care of her. And um, I ended up, I saw that a friend was there of hers and she ended up, you know, taking care of her because it was, there were, they had loud music and there were lights flashing. There were a lot of people drinking and I started panicking and I left and I threw up. I remember outside of the dorm, um, like little things, right. you know, social things like that. I don't like big social right. situations. Of course, it's funny because everybody tells me they're like, oh, you're so friendly and outgoing. I'm like, yeah, with people that I know and I'm comfortable with. Otherwise, I'm an introvert completely. I'm a homebody, right. you know, social social situations freak me out like a lot I get I I totally can relate to that and I get really nervous if I know the night before I don't know why this is one of my biggest like anxiety triggers I love going to the city because I love going to see Broadway shows but other than that that's about it I don't like like I don't enjoy going there otherwise but the night before I know I'm going to New York City I am so anxious that I can't sleep and I feel like I'm gonna throw up but then once I'm yes. on the train, I'm fine. It's very interesting. It's always the night before. And I think it's because it's very busy. I'm the same way. And it's funny because remember when we, we went into the city together? Yeah. We actually went to see Waitress together. And the night before, I was the same way. Sick I was panicking. Stomach, and I have IBS. So irritable bowel syndrome. I was literally feeling like I had to go to the bathroom every yeah. five minutes the yep. night before and then even leading up to the train ride and like you said like once i was on the train once we were both on the train i was fine yeah 100 percent fine yeah. like it was literally leading up to the train ride and i think i, I know you have some autoimmune issues I, do. I know for me the ibs what i do yeah i have autoimmune, autoimmune diseases right so i know with me with the ibs like it definitely is directly correlated to anxiety. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's kind of one of those situations like which came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, am I anxious <laughs> because I'm afraid I need to use the bathroom every five seconds? Yeah. Or is the anxiety causing me to have to go to the bathroom every five seconds? Okay, you know, it's like yeah. kind of hard to Yeah, to absolutely. I was just about to say and that. so I think a lot of my anxiety comes from that too, is like not knowing like when I'm going to need to go to the bathroom or like thinking like oh my god I'm so anxious that it's going to make me have to go to the bathroom like Mm -hmm. it's just it's and that's actually a reason I had to leave school I was in college and it was becoming so overwhelming I couldn't sit through the 80 minute classes right because I was like oh my god I have to go to the bathroom oh my god I have to go to the bathroom again so I can't get up like three times in the middle of this class it's embarrassing first of all and second of all the, the professors don't exactly care for that right so I think that was a re- a big reason that I had to leave high school and that, and it's also another high school, sorry, college. And it's also another reason I had to stop performing, which sucks because performing was like a huge coping mechanism right. for me, but because I had the issues with my stomach, I just couldn't perform because being backstage before I would have to go on stage, I would get so sick. And, like, I'd be like, oh, my God, what happens if I go out on the stage? And I'm like, oh, my God, I have to go to the bathroom and run off the stage. Like, Did this happen to you at the actor's workshop? No. No, I didn't think so. You were in, like, middle school, right, when we did that show? Yeah. I mean, it was it was starting then. It really – but it really, like, got into, like, high year in high school. Uh-huh. I, I didn't do any of the shows in high school because I was so sick all the time. Right. 
See, I was just nervous when we did when we did Bye Bye Birdie together. I remember I always felt sick, but that was because I was so nervous because I had a crush on Jack and he was in the show. <laughs> so I think that was like the biggest problem. It wasn't going on stage, but I always he used to be like, "Oh, are you are you okay? Like you seem nervous," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just nervous to go on." Yet I was like, "Please get away from me because you're making me sweat." <laughs> um, yeah. So now I want to talk maybe a little bit about um, speaking of relationships, like, you know, having a relationship and because we are both in committed relationships. Be, right. Yeah, being in a relationship and struggling with mental health problems because um, our boyfriends, you know, are very different when it comes to these two things because one, yes. one experiences it when the other does not. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that. So maybe if you want to talk about it first. Sure. Okay. So with my boyfriend, Brandon, he does not suffer with mental health issues that we know of. He's never been diagnosed. Um, I obviously am pretty severe with my issues, especially currently. I'm like kind of going through a little bit of a low point right now with my mental health. And for him, it's... It's overwhelming, and that's understandable because he doesn't go through it. He doesn't know what it's like to be in that situation, and he doesn't understand why it's so difficult to get through that situation. Right. But um, he, I'm very grateful for the fact that he is so willing to be educated on mental health and mental illness, and he tries so hard to understand what it's like to deal with what I deal with and for that I'm eternally grateful because mm-hmm. he like if he didn't try I, I don't know what I would do like right. I, I don't think I would have been with him for as long as I've been with him because it's just so difficult in any relationship and I've had relationships in the past where it ended because the person couldn't handle what I was going through and it is a lot to deal with it's a lot to handle so I I understand that but with Brandon it's different because he tries so hard and he is actually really good at dealing with it for the he's most so sweet part. he really is really the sweetest you're very lucky yeah. um yes, yeah and it's really important to have you know your boyfriend girlfriend or significant other or whatever close friend it's really important though for them to be like your biggest support system because this is your potential life partner right you know if you're planning on getting married or just spending the rest of your lives living together and whatnot they need to be probably your number one fan they have to really be there for you because otherwise that that's you know that's the biggest one of the most difficult things is that you have to remember the flip side of that is that he is still important too. And it's like, I, I need to remember that he deserves just as much attention and support and love as I do. And it's, it can be difficult when I'm, I'm so like, sometimes I'm emotionally unavailable for him mm-hmm. and he kind of needs to pick up the pieces. Sometimes it's 80, 20, sometimes it's 50, 50, sometimes it's like, n- like zero on my end and 100% on his end, right. you know, like, and I think it's just there needs to be a mutual understanding that some days one will be better than the other. Yeah. You know, like one one person is going to have to pick up the slack in the relationship 
right. over the other person. So my relationship is different because um, how long have you two been together again? Two years? Yeah, two years. Okay, so Jack and I have been together for seven and a half. Um, and I'm. it's not really my place to discuss his mental health, but he does suffer from mental illnesses himself and I think that this makes our relationship stronger we've learned to be patient with one another because when you're dealing with somebody who does suffer from mental illness it's not just like I'm the one who's suffering and he's giving giving I'm taking taking you know it's kind of like we both need to we both have needs that we need support and you know love Exactly. And patience. And so it's definitely taught both of us patience. And also, it's just like he gets me. He really gets it and I don't have to say anything. Of right. course, of course, with Brandon, like he's really good. Like you said, he educates himself. So he does have, you know, somewhat of that understanding. But he'll never really fully get it, I guess. Right. I remember mm-hmm. you. I remember you telling me that yesterday that like sometimes when somebody doesn't they can educate themselves all they want, but they still won't fully understand because they don't feel it. Right. Um, but Jack, I don't even have to say anything. He just knows. And when I'm having a bad day, he'll just say, okay, let's just take it easy. Let's want to watch a movie. Like, you know, or if he knows that I need to get out of the house cause it would be good for me. He's like, Hey, let's go to Barnes and Noble or let's go to dinner. You know, something he's really, really really fantastic about taking care of me and then I always make sure to return the favor because he is just as important and it's also my way of saying I appreciate you I love you thank you right you know and that doesn't make us like it doesn't make us like a hopeless couple because we both suffer from mental mental illness if anything it makes us a really strong couple because two people are the ones that are you know dealing with it Right. And, yeah, I couldn't ask for anybody better to help me. He's the best. He's the reason why I've got, I've, I've gotten help. He's the one who told me. I always thought, like, I wanted help. You know, I really wanted help, but I didn't want to reach out for it, which is the case a lot of the time. I was nervous. I was embarrassed. And yeah. he was the one who told me, you know, he's the one who showed me, like, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You're doing something strong for yourself. You're medicating yourself if you're going exactly. to therapy. It's a different kind of medication, but, like... You know, this is a a topic for a different day, but a lot of that has Mm -hmm. to do with the stigma. The stigma, yeah. Mental health and mental illness. Yeah. All right. So, do you have anything you want to ask as well? Um, Yes. I actually was kind of curious about this. And obviously, like, if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. But um, I know on my side of the family, um, there's a lot of, like, mental illness that Mm -hmm. runs in the family. Um, do you have any mental illness that runs in your family or is your, like, yes. So there are several people in my family that suffer from mental illness and this is the problem. A lot of them are in denial. A lot of them, but it's really, really obvious. And I'm not trying to like self like diagnose people because that's not my place. I'm not a doctor, but it runs like OCD runs on my mom's side, like it's insane. It hasn't skipped one person. It really right. hasn't. Um, and I know my brother suffers from, you know, intrusive thoughts too and compulsions. And I don't know about my other brother, but, um, you know, and my, and my aunts and uncles might have it 
pretty bad. And I know my grandfather, I think, had OCD too. I never met him. Don't know what my grandmother, you know, suffered from, but we know that she must have, she definitely did suffer from something. I'm just not sure. And I've never wanted to ask. But right. you know, on my dad's side, um, I, I don't know much about them when it comes to that. I'm close with, I'm yeah. really close with my dad's side. Like, I'm very close. My aunts are like my sisters. But, you know, I don't really bring this stuff up and I don't really notice anything with them. But I do feel like a lot of people, like, in general, like, in my family are in denial. Right. And I think that, that goes a lot along with the, the importance of diagnosis. Like, yeah. Being diagnosed and getting the treatment that you deserve and that you need, you know? Yeah. Or if I like to share, you know, oh, I suffer from anxiety. Like, I've had people in my family be like, oh, you're fine. Like, no, you're no. Right. It's like, no, you don't know anything about what goes on inside of my head. <laughs> like, yeah. That makes no sense. But, yeah, so, no, my family, I don't I don't really know much about my dad's side when it comes to that. Um, I know my dad has anxiety. Um, I know my mom probably does, you know, suffer from OCD because her whole family has it. But they've they're very my parents are really strong so like they're really good at you know pushing through so i don't really know i don't really know much i don't really like to we don't really talk about it and that's like kind of a bad thing that's but that's how they that's how they personally work you know that's how they like right and i'm sure that's general it's generational too i mean yeah this wasn't really a topic that was discussed very much when they were younger. oh yeah definitely certainly not when they were like thinking about bringing up kids like that that's not something that you like think you have to yeah. talk to your kids about jack and i always jack and i always say that we're gonna be really open with our kids about mental illness because we want them to be able to come to us if they if they need help with anything right. not even just mental illness we just want to be those parents that are gonna be there for them telling them like we're here we love you we support you and you know this is a real thing yeah, so. and it's, it's, it can be hard, like, as a parent to admit that your child isn't perfect, you know, that your child isn't that, right. the perfect little baby that came out, like, when they were, you know, like, it's just, it's different, it's hard to think about. I've gotten in, I've gotten into arguments with my family before over my mental health, because I asked for help when I was, you know, growing up, not growing up like a child, but when I was like a late teen, early young adult. Um, I asked for help and I was told like, oh, well, you seem happy, so you're fine. Right. Like, like oh, okay, you're not, like, de- what's wrong with you're you? not like- depressed. If you were, you would be in bed all day, every day. Like, they only saw one side of it. They didn't right. explore. And even now, we don't talk about it because I'm kind of shut down. I'm right. told I'm fine. And even though it, it, it does bother me, but I've learned that that's how it's going to be and that I just have to accept that yeah. <laughs> that that's how it's going to be with talking with them about it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I know I I have three older sisters and an older brother. And for me, I always got compared to them. Like, uh, oh, well, I don't understand where what went wrong with you kind of a thing. You know, like all of your siblings are fine. Like, what's wrong with you? You also have different genetic makeup than all of them. Right. So it, I, it's just it's different altogether because you have you know different it's a different situation yeah parents and even, even if it wasn't a different genetic makeup i mean i'd st- like you still can s- suffer oh, with yeah. mental illness like absolutely 
different than your sibling does, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. My brothers and I, there, there are three of us. We're all full-blood siblings. They're twins, and they're completely different. Right. You know, complete. We're all of us are, like, binaries, like, polar opposite. Right. So. Um, now, we already kind of discussed the importance of being diagnosed, but um, maybe we should discuss, like, resources. Resources. Oh, my God gosh resources such as outpatient treatment inpatient treatment therapy even some yoga and meditation right all different kinds of things that you can you know um do to get help and i know you're very you're very knowledgeable on this so i'm gonna let you take this one okay um for me i've i've struggled with coping it's definitely been something where it's like i've tried one thing i've tried another thing i've tried pretty much every single thing and it's kind of hard to find certain things that help and it's it's hard to find things that fit your situation at that time because there can be a day where it's like I'm so overwhelmed that I don't even want to get out of bed and for for that case therapy was kind of difficult because it's always a scheduled thing and for me I've always struggled with going to therapy because it's always like the day that I have to go to therapy that I'm like oh I just can't get out of bed like I don't want to do it Mm -hmm. so in that case there are apps called I know there's one called better help and for that like you literally can be in bed moping going through the motions dealing with whatever you're dealing with and you can still be getting help so that's an option is that um there's also yoga or meditation. My cousin is actually a yoga instructor, and she's been very, very helpful in my journey um, of healing and self, self-love. And she does Reiki, and I haven't taken a Reiki class with her yet, but she um, she does Reiki. And I don't know if you know what Reiki is. Is that how, you, is that how you say it, Reiki? Reiki, yeah. I thought it was Reiki. <laughs> no, it's Reiki. Oh, okay. So I think, I think Reiki healing is just kind of like, it's healing you from the inside out, you know? Yeah. Um, it's healing your, your mind, it's healing internally, and it's all, it's very spiritual, and you don't have to necessarily be spiritual for, for a treatment, but like, I feel like if you believe in it, it would help a lot easier, you know? Um, there are also float spas. I don't know if you've ever heard of float, no. uh, float spas, but you literally, this can be difficult for, again, it's, it's all, it's all circumstantial in this regard, but like some people feel that if you go into this float spa, it's, it's literally just um, a sensory depri- deprivation tank. And basically you go in there, you can either be in a bathing suit, you can be naked, whatever. And it's the same temperature as your body. It's 98.6 degrees in the water. Wow. And it's they use a ton of like salt. So it's like a salt water bath, basically. And you go in there and you literally just float. And you can either close the tank, you can leave the tank open, you can leave the lights on, you can turn the lights off. But they recommend that you go in this tank, close the lid, turn the lights off. And that again, freaks that me be, out. Right. That could be terrifying for people. So that's why there's the option to leave it open, leave the lights on. But they, they recommend in order to go to that space that you're supposed to get into where your senses are completely deprived, like you feel like you're literally just like floating on nothing, like you're like you sense it's just it's such a weird that freaks me out because that goes back to anxiety where i'm not in control right and so i think (laughs) again like there's there's different options where you don't have to go to that that place and um so there's that's an option i think that's a really cool thing i do think that that's awesome because that 
I feel like will work for so many people that are, you know, just even, even if you're just stressed out, but personally, like I did yoga and I meditate occasionally, but I took yoga and I loved yoga. I loved it. But I remember in the beginning telling my yoga instructor, like, I'm always stressed. I'm chronically stressed. So I hope, you know, and I said I was afraid that this was, that yoga was going to stress me out. And it didn't, it didn't stress me out. But um, I definitely think that going into that tank floating, you know, with the door closed, the light off, I think that would freak me out if I was alone. If I was with somebody else, like if the two of us like went together, that would be fine because there's another body in there. But if I'm by myself, I don't, I don't even know. I just, I couldn't do it. That's just freaky. Yeah. With the door closed. No. (laughs) Do they have any of these around in our area? There's one by my house. I don't know about by you guys, but um, in Wanamasa, there's one on Sunset Avenue. Can we, like, do it but not do the door closed? Yes. We should absolutely. go do it so that we can do on our one of our next podcasts. We can, like, talk yes. about it, our experience. Because I okay, do have I'm somebody. Down. I do have somebody that does um, yoga and Reiki, I think. Yeah, Reiki and uh, meditation. And she's really into spirituality. I'm going to have her, I think, as, like, a guest. She's, like, really awesome. So... But I would love to try that out. Definitely. Yeah. And so the, the things that we were just discussing, like even with the, the float spa and the yoga and everything, there are so many different options. And it's like, it's crazy how people don't know about these options. And I didn't know about these options. I didn't either for until, time. until now. <laughs> There's also, I mean, like, even like you can you can be doing things on a daily basis that you don't realize could be a coping mechanism. Like sometimes I'll write when I'm not anxious and then I'll forget to write when I'm anxious. And it's like, you have so many creative outlets that you could be using instead of like, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with like laying in bed all day if you need to do that. But like, instead of laying in bed all day, you could be journaling. You could be, I was going to ask you what your coping mechanisms are because sometimes I have those days where I'm so miserable, like depressed, that I can't do anything. Like, right. and I mean, I can't sleep. Right. I can't even lay in bed. Like, I feel well. I lay in bed, but I can't even like watch TV. Can't read. Right. I can't do anything. I just sit there, and my thoughts like take over, and that's you dangerous. Just, you're just, like, uncomfortable, you know. Like, there's nothing that makes you content. It's like when you get in a fight with your boyfriend. You like, you know, all you want is to talk to him. But at the same time, you're like, I don't want to talk to him. Like, I don't. But then you're like, deep down, you're like, you do. It's kind of like that where, like, I'll be like, I want to be doing something productive. But I, like, can't. No. like, (laughs) Right. But everybody's coping mechanisms are super different. So I was going to ask you, actually, what you do when you are productive, feeling productive during a dark time. Right. Um, So I guess mainly... It would probably have to be, like, journaling, doodling, um, music, and, like, reading, I think. And I I specifically read um, things that I can relate to. Yeah. Um, Like, I love Rupi Kaur. I love, um, what's it called? I have, like, two of her books. Yeah. Um, I think it's just really good to, like, be able to relate. And that even goes along with, like, music. If you're listening to music, I always listen to things that I can relate to. You know, and um, and I think another thing on the opposite end of that spectrum is if you're feeling 
like those things are too overwhelming like you don't want to relate I think going back and like finding things that are the complete opposite of the way you're feeling like something that will uplift you is like amazing like go literally just getting up sometimes if I'm like feeling so down in the dumps I will literally just get up and have a dance party with myself that's so cute (laughs) and I like it sounds stupid but it like literally works like if I'm feeling so down I'm like no like I'm not letting myself get to this place again like I'm gonna just get up and move and I think just literally moving has helped me like I'll go for walks or hikes or whatever and that makes me feel better like there are just so many different things that you can do to cope. And I think a lot of it has to do with just finding those things that make you feel better at that time and right. not saying like, hmm, let me like, well, my therapist told me to count on my fingers or my therapist told me to play with Play-Doh. Like, yeah, like those might help like with sensory issues. Like if you're having, if you're like feeling overwhelmed sent like with your senses, that might help. But I think when you're dealing with like, panic and anxiety and depression like there are different things that you need to do like to stimulate your mind uh, more so than like your senses you know oh absolutely I suffer from panic disorder too so I you know I get like faint spells and like I'm always you know trying to calm myself down because I do too much but here's the thing like going back to coping one of my biggest coping mechanisms that is more like broad is I keep myself busy because it distracts me. So, like, my parents will always be like, oh, you're always out, which I'm not really, like, doing anything fun. I'm always out either doing gigs, like, working, making money, or I'm babysitting because I love taking care of children, and then you also get paid for that. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, Jack and I will go, you know, somewhere at night, like, Applebee's for half apps, like, little things to keep myself out of my bed to make me distracted and you know and I only really know I always notice that I only really get like miserable when I'm alone I don't like being alone so like whenever when Jack's like with me like when we're like going to bed at night and we like watch something before we go to sleep or whatever it just feels like more comfortable that he's like with me but like so that's even like he's also kind of like my coping mechanism too because just being there he's the support but I like to listen to music I remember telling you I was telling you before that I listen to music that sometimes I listen to jazz because it's calming, like to go to sleep or whatnot. Or I listen to, I don't know what it's called. It's that kind of music that they play. Like it's very spiritual, like during yoga and like in psychic shops, like that kind of music. Right. I listen to that when I'm having a hard time sleeping to relax. And I like to listen to music that's nostalgic for me. So I listen to a lot of songs from like middle school like the tr- like the I mean some of the songs are like trash like but it makes me feel better so like you know I have this mix CD in my car that has Ali and AJ it has like high school musical 2 hairspray yeah. um <laughs> pop from the radio from like literally from like 7th grade 8th grade and it makes me feel so good because it makes me remember it makes me sometimes sad, but, like, it makes me remember memories from, like, my friends back then and the good times. And, right. But it, it helps because it's not like it's making me sad, like, to the point where I'm, like, miserable. It's It makes me, like, remember and then I'll, like, laugh or, you know. And then I like to – I like to write – I have, like, a poetry book that I'm writing, actually, that I really want to get published. So I write poems a lot, and a lot of the poems I notice are very sad. But that's because pain for me – is very like 
inspirational when it comes to art. Yes. I have I have some positive poems, I promise. But like I paint, I draw. I love I drink tea like every day, so I like take a big mug of tea and just like lay in bed and journal and that makes me like so soothed. Right, so, right. Coping me- mechanisms come in all shapes and sizes and it's it's interesting. I actually did um I have a blog, so this podcast is like an expansion of my blog and I wrote an article about you know, anxiety and coping mechanisms and motivation. And I asked a bunch of people like on Facebook, I reached out to people personally and I, it was all anonymous. I asked them what their coping mechanisms were and I put it, you know, I made a list of it and it was really interesting. People were like cleaning really helps and running helps and a a nice hot shower. And it was really cool to see what people do when they're in a bad spot. And I made a list so I could try them on my own and, that helped me gain a lot of my coping mechanisms. Right. Yeah, so I find that interesting. Yes. Is there anything else that you wanted to discuss? Like one more thing? Uh, I don't know. Well, how? I feel like we kind of covered this a little yeah. bit, but like backtracking to what you were saying about like your parents kind of being like, oh, well, you're always out and about doing things, you know? I have, I can relate to that. Because specifically with my dad, he likes to, he's very, very much a control freak. (laughs) (laughs) I I totally feel that because I have that in my household too. Not saying my, not saying my dad, but still it's in there. And so like, he is constantly wanting me to be home. He wants to know where I am and I get it. Like I'm his daughter, like whatever, but my coping mechanisms like yours is get is keeping myself busy and I like right. to be out of the house because being in the house is something that's kind of triggering absolutely for my anxiety being in the house sometimes not- sometimes though all you want to do is stay home though like I'm a homebody right. and I love to be home right it's like, very different it's like weird it's it depends it's circumstantial yeah. it depends it is very circumstantial and I feel like a lot of the times I just don't I want to be anywhere but here yeah and on those days, it's like, it's so frustrating because he's always saying like, oh, well, you're never home. Like, I'm, I really need you to be home for dinner. Like, blah, 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 blah. Or like, or like, I'll sometimes stay over at my boyfriend's house because I prefer to sleep. Oh, yeah. He doesn't like that. He doesn't he like that. No. And like, he'll like, it's kind of all like lighthearted, but like, he'll threaten my boyfriend. It's, but it's like lighthearted. No, like, uh, he's not like actually saying like, yeah. he's going to do anything to him. It's just kind of like joking around but it's like still it's like if these are things that are helping me and are beneficial yeah to me, absolutely like it's, it's difficult to like show him that that's something that is beneficial to me and that it helps my emotions and it helps my my health overall like I just feel like I feel so much happier when I like doing what I need to do for myself you know you're also like young you're only you know you're 20 so like my parents don't ask me where I am or anything. Like, they they let me be because I am, I'm 24. I'm an adult. You know, I'm, you know, leaving the house soon. So, you know, it's a little bit different. And I remember that. And that used to stress me out. And I still have, you know, a lot of friends that their parents will be like, oh, where are you? Can you tell me when you're leaving? And I see a lot of them get like, you know, they roll their eyes and... You know, like, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm an adult. This is ridiculous. I'm like, I get where they're coming from. But yet at the same time, that can actually stress you out more. So, 
Yeah, right? but but I do like to keep myself busy. I clean all the time, and that really keeps myself busy when I'm home. Because they do say that clutter is stressful. And also, you know, your environment around you sets the tone for your your well-being. So, like, right. my room is kind of small, and I have a lot of stuff, and I have Jack's stuff in here, and, you know, so it's, I try to clean out as much as I can, and, you know, either I, I, I have a problem getting rid of things sometimes, so I put them in Tupperware and put them in the basement, and trying to create that, you know, that cozy, like, non, like, decluttered space is, is actually very helpful. It, it, it is. Like, environment, right. your environment's really important. Yes, very. Your 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 mood and your actions and mindset reflect off of your environment. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and I think, honestly, like, kind of, like, bringing this all together and kind of almost, like, wrapping this all up, I feel like, in the end, it will be eventually okay like and even though we go through we'll go through ebbs and flows no matter how hard you try to be perfect you're never going to be perfect so you kind of have to have to just go with the motions like ride the wave you know and in the end like it will be worth it because life can be terrible some days but then it can be so beautiful and like amazing other days yeah you know and i feel like it's kind of like just waiting for this epiphany and mm-hmm. like it will happen like you will realize that life is beautiful like yeah you know, like it it's it's true you know you all have we all have those down days where you're just like i don't want to be here like right nope. but yeah it's i feel like the positive do outweigh the negative mm-hmm. sometimes you know and sometimes yeah. i feel like the negatives outweigh the positives but in the long run like yeah yeah absolutely life is way too beautiful to waste it absolutely i agree well this was really like fun and very inspiring and i'm gonna have a good day now because of this i have like good vibes <laughs> yeah, yeah same. i like talking about this kind of stuff because it's like forbidden you know what i mean like people don't really talk about it i right. mean it's, it's becoming more of a popular subject to talk about but yeah so um yeah so what we're gonna do is Every month we're going to do one segment and it'll be on a Monday. So it'll be Mental Health Monday. So thank you so much, Allie, for your insight. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your insight. Um, (laughs) So I will see you next month then. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. (laughs)